Scotty. You look like a real group of gunslingers. Everyone in town's mighty scared, what with all the gold and the outlaws. But only one of us can make it out alive. Are we robbing the town? By now, you should have your bullets, your gold, and two Wild West tokens each. Hang on to those tokens, no matter what. There's two kinds of tokens. Two each? Now, when you hear the word draw, or when you see a square with a color or number matching one of you or your opponent's cards, the first one of you to say bang wins the challenge player's token and the amount of their bid in gold. What's going on? Shh. Ready? Yes. I'm not. Shh. Are we supposed to be bidding? Draw! Good morning, Greendale. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And here are your morning announcements. Today we're talking about Community Season 5, Episode 9, VCR Maintenance and Educational Publishing. But before we get in that futuristic world of VCRs and textbooks, let's go to Outsourcing Mike's Bits. I don't think I have any pre-bit banter so let's just get to that good good shuffle shall we all right that's fine let's do this this better right. be a better question than last week oh, Ooh, you you probably shouldn't be like even suggesting because it's gonna be worse okay this is interesting it's a long one um, okay okay ben my good friend ben yes would you rather be forced to high-five everyone you make eye contact with or strike up conversations with at least five strangers a day? Five strangers a day. Define conversation. I, I f- Fair. I'll allow you to do it because it's like, it to, to me, it's like, hey, how's it going? What you doing? It's a beautiful day, isn't it? That, that is a conversation to me. I don't know if that's a conversation to you. Are you right, going be- deep stuff or just like, you know, small talk? Right. Because I'm already like, you know, if I'm at the store or whatever and, and the person's checking out, checking my order out, they're like, how are you doing? And I'm like, I'm doing all right. How about you? And, you know, like, boom, boom. Well, done. Does that is that a conversation? Done. Also, I do work in tech support, so I do talk to a lot of strangers who call in all day every day so i'm already doing that um so i mean i guess it's that one high-fiving everyone i make eye contact with is gonna be rough um particularly in a world where a pandemic is still technically happening it's fair um but i assume you could take precautions uh, i would start wearing a glove also known as the hand condom um, I was thinking hand sanitizer, but fair. Um, it is it is a lot though. It is a lot to high five every single person I make eye contact with. I would basically, but you've got a loophole in that where you just can make sure you never make eye contact with anybody. Right, that is the the loophole with that one. You don't get such a loophole with the conversations one. 
Now, uh, fo- another follow-up question. Does the person, yes. like, is there some sort of, like, understanding that, like, I make con- eye contact with them, and they're like, ah, oh, crap, this guy <laughs> entered in some sort of deal with the devil where he has to high-five me now? Or am I just going to, like, charge at them with my hand up in the air, demanding they don't leave me hanging? Because that is infinitely worse than being like, oh, man, this weather sure is something, huh? Real windy out today. Okay, first off, it'd be hilarious if you're just running out. What's up, baby? Let's go. Give me them fingies. Um, but I imagine there's, you know, if you if you've chosen that one, there is a compulsion that people you see are like, I just got to give that guy a high five. Okay, um, that, that's I'm, my I'm still gonna because I'm still it's, gonna it's choose the conversation. Insane. It's insane for that like. I'm running at you. It's like, holy God, what do you want? It's like, I want a high five. It's like, I don't know. I'm still going to choose the conversation. But if if there's an uh, if there is a an innate knowledge that I have entered in some sort of infernal pact that requires uh-huh. me to do this high five or part of this infernal pact is that once I've made eye contact, people also want to high five me. Oh, OK, Um. I'm I'm less turned off by that one, um, but that's still that's a lot of that's a lot uh, that's a lot of effort. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think on paper you're gonna be like, oh, five people a day, but like when it comes down to it in practice, like you're gonna be like, oh, I I got some some. Uh, meat from the deli counter at my local grocery store oh they they looked at me so like we gotta we gotta high five now and then they're gonna have to change their gloves before they handle food again right like and you get all that that nasty meat juice that nasty meat juice right. um although not not on my hand because i am wearing a hand condom right also known it as will a be a, it will be on your glove aka the hand condom Mike, would you rather do the high five thing or the conversation thing? So here's the thing. The, 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 the difference between us currently is that I have a fully remote job where I work from home. Mm-hmm. If I'm having to strike up conversations with at least five strangers a day, I am legitimately leaving my house to do such a task. Okay. Whereas some, if you are commuting... That kind of gets built into the thing. I used to do this all the time. I'd go to the cafe. I'd be like, how's it going? It's look at that rain out there. Thanks. Thanks again for the croissant. Uh, and that's a conversation. Um, however, now it's like, well, I, I made breakfast at home. Well, I, I cooked lunch at home. I cooked dinner at home. I Well, it's eight o'clock. I got to go find five strangers to talk with. Or else this okay, infernal okay. Uh, bargain will send me to hell. As, of course, the only possible outcome, if you fail this, is to go to hell because it's a pod deck. Um, the the pod decks themselves are... We're already in hell because we're <laughs> talking fair. about pod a, decks. A, a deeper level. You know, the different levels of hell. This is a different level if, mm. you, if you choose a pod deck and then you deny the pod deck from success, success, successful completion. Um, now if I were to be forced to high five everybody I make eye contact with, it's basically my cat, my two dogs and my wife. Not, and my wife wants to high five me most of the time anyway. So I think I'm going to choose the high five in. Okay. 
Okay. If and, and and I think it'll be an improvement if my dogs and cats have a uh, a compulsion to high five me too, because that would be really cute, and I could take pictures and exploit it on the internet for more working from home. You'd money. be you'd be huge on TikTok. Huge um, on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Let's TikTok about season nope. five, uh, episode sorry, nine of Community VCR oh, maintenance Lord. and educational publishing. Mike has left the podcast. This is my solo album now. Um, <laughs> let me I, just. Uh, are you getting a. Wel- <laughs> welcome to my solo album. Solo album. Um, I have returned, by the way. Oh, hi, Mike. Welcome to solo album in progress. Are you playing zombie? I am. <laughs> Crap, now we can't be on Spotify. Anyways, uh, I guess Mike's back. Let's do a podcast. Yeah, I guess I guess we have to do that. I I, I, I kind of, you know, I, I thought about it after the joke that was made, and I'm like, in, in what world are the jokes I make any better than that? Um, all right. So VCR maintenance and educational publishing, not me doing a solo album covering the Cranberries hit song, uh, zombie. It's great to have an album with just a single song over and over again. Uh Just doing Uh, it differently. Different styles. It, uh, this episode is, uh, we've got two different. Zombie! Sorry, I went with B-52s. It's a rock zombie! Now it is my turn to leave the podcast for all time. Um, hey, I, I share a last name kind of with that person. This episode has two plots. The first is that uh, in want of a new roommate to help split the rent three ways instead of two. Right. Uh, Abed and Annie each decide that um, their girlfriend and brother respectively should be the one to right. um take over Troy's position as the third roommate. Um neither of them are aware uh that they are desired as roommates. Nor does either of them seem super interested in moving in. Yeah. Um the we I mean Abed and Rachel have been dating for a month, but also, uh, according to Abed, they their relationship is uh, 12, 12 times as efficient, so it's basically like a year. Right. But but wait, hold on. I Now that you say that, like, didn't Abed basically say he didn't want a roommate with Troy too early to ruin it? It's very interesting how he's got these two different things about him uh i don't think that the troy abed uh friendship was operating 12 times as efficiently as a regular friendship unlike his relationship with rachel which as he points out is 12 times as efficient so they're already at the year stage whereas troy and abed were just under the year stage right the the uh, year stage is where it goes yeah exactly gotcha 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 exactly um 
And uh, so it's it's the return. It's, it's the second return of Brie Larson as Rachel. Love B- Brie Larson. Love seeing her. It's always good. Absolutely love it. Um, we also get Annie's brother, um, uh, Spencer Crittenden, who I don't know from anything. Uh, he is I, known for being on Great Minds with Dan Harmon, Rick and Morty, Community, and Harmon Town. So he's basically friend of Dan Harmon. Yes, uh, but he is also very funny. Uh, I scrolled down and uh, I have um, my recently viewed on the internetmoviedatabase.com. This episode, Community in General... Weird, the Al Yankovic story, Swiss Army Man, Daniel Radcliffe, and app development and condiments, whatever the previous episode was. When do you look at IMDb? And the answer is during this podcast exclusively. Uh So um, anyways, so uh, they both are desired as roommates. Um, Anthony is basically a blank slate who does manage to fix the fridge uh-huh. in like two seconds which is the they literally have to like open the fridge by like pulling it up and off of the mm-hmm. the fridge and he's just like it's done um he also though uh, it doesn't know whether or not to continue chopping carrots or to go poop yeah it's uh it's a weird uh it's a weird choice also can we just talk for a moment about yes. the sticker on the the door of, of the refrigerator <laughs> that makes it look like it's a vending machine. Yes. Because that is pretty awesome, actually. Oh, yes. It's actually <laughs> super cool. Yeah. I was wondering, I was worried that for a moment you're going to be like, I'm going to be judging, but I'm like, no, it's a cool thing. It's like, no, great, it's, it's, it's cool. A, and especially because it's like one of those old timey kind of like, well, not old timey, but like 90s or like late 80s ones where it's kind of crappy. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. you put a big sticker on there that makes it look like a vending machine. It, it rules. Mike, I hate to tell you, um, especially because we're about to get into talking about a 1993 VCR board game. Yes. But late 80s, early 90s is old timey now. I know. What did I say? <laughs> you, you said old timey. Well, not old timey. And I'm here oh, to tell you it well, is, I, in fact, old timey. <laughs> that's fair. Yes. It is 30 years ago. Yes, you're correct. More than th- uh, more than thirty, like my, almost forty. Uh huh. Probably somewhere yeah. around there. It's it's a long time ago. That is for sure. So, um. Anyways, I just wanted to bring that up because, like, from a distance, uh, you know, when you're watching this episode, it kind of looks like they just have a vending machine where the refrigerator should be, mm. and then they take the door off, and you're like, oh no, that's just a really cool sticker. Yeah, yeah. On the fridge makes me want to buy a sticker like that. It's the exact kind of thing that I would have put on my refrigerator when I was in college. And um, if I tried to do that today, my wife would not be amused, whereas I would be like, but it's funny. And she'd be like, is it, though? And then we wouldn't put it on the refrigerator. Correct. But this is the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. When you we, there, there is a stage in life when you, between apartment and home living. In an apartment, you've got the one fridge. It's not even yours. You just throw throw a sticker on it. The first, like, the first house you buy, it has a fridge. Great, but you know what? It doesn't have yet. It doesn't have a garage fridge, and that garage mm, fridge, mm-hmm. perfect place for those stickers. Regrettably, I don't have room in my garage for a garage fridge. So. Oh well. 
See, you know, that there's something like I, I remember my dad had a garage fridge and it was just the coolest thing. It was so magical. Do you just just go get a Coke and you walk outside and that's where all the Cokes are. And you're like, look at all these Cokes. It's this 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 fridge is only for beverages. The the decadence. My grandparents had a garage freezer, oh, like one baby. of those big chest freezers. Yeah, yeah. And that was always great. Because that's where all the like good stuff was, like the pizza rolls and the frozen yeah. pizzas, and basically it was like long term stuff for them, and also all the crap that we wanted to eat that they didn't <laughs> want in their main freezer. Yeah, so that made it a cool place, right? Um, uh, my family also had a chest freezer, but since we had a garden in back, that basically just gave us way more food than we could deal with. It was just like throw it in the chest freezer. <laughs> So do you do you like green beans? I can guarantee you there are still green beans in that chest freezer. Probably from a couple years ago, but all the way up to this year. So you want a good vintage of it? Which mm-hmm. which green bean vintage would you prefer? Ah, uh, uh, yes. These uh 2020 green beans. An exceptional not a good year, but an exceptional year for green beans. Exactly. Um you gotta get the right vintage of green beans. Right. Uh no, I just I wanted to bring up that that fridge decal oh, because yeah. it um, rules. It, it's cool. Um, if I ever get a secondary fridge, I don't think I'd throw it in the garage because that's it, it, we have a detached garage in our house. That's but a long way the, to go to get a Coke. Right. But downstairs in the basement, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. a perfect place for a fridge. That's just beverages, beers, Cokes, other things, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, so... The crux of this storyline is that in order to try to decide who who gets to invite their girlfriend slash brother, that sounds bad. It does. <laughs> it does sound a little weird. Yes. The who the person who gets to invite the person that they want to be the third roommate. Uh, it'll be decided with a, a game of this 1993 VCR game that Rachel gifted Abed for their anniversary. It's called Pile of Bullets. It's a VCR game where Vince Gilligan shoot uh, uh, yells things at you in a cowboy accent. Um, it is inscrutable. It is inscrutable. I and will say also incredible. The, the I love the VCR game thing. It still feels to me like a fever dream that things like that existed. But I know that I played them. I had like mm-hmm. there was a like a, a a spooky one that I went to my my friend uh, Travis's house once, and he had it, and we played it. And it was spooky, and I have no idea anything else about it. <laughs> I I will say I love the spirit of being like there's this new there's this new technology it's uh it's a thing that has like you can you can record things onto magnetic tape and it'll put it on a tv screen what if we made a board game out of this like that weird fever dream of an idea that maybe just maybe it'll take off it's so maybe it's, it's the future truly incredible and then in reality it's just kind of not fun to play but like you know 
everything's got to start somewhere, right? Like, right. I found the one. I found it. I, I, I Googled VCR games and I found exactly the VCR board game I played. It was called Nightmare. It was just bizarre as hell. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube. If you want to play the game Nightmare, which is a VCR board game, you can play it on YouTube. Wild. Oh, I remember seeing like ads for this. I never played it, but like legitimately, I I am not a brave person. And -hmm. the fact that I know I know about this is wild to me. But there I will say that VCR games and FMV games feel very similar to me, which is also wild to me that FMV games are coming back and VCR games are simply not going to. I did just load up uh, the VCR game. <laughs> it's got a guy in a... Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, sh- no, I think I, I, think I did play this. I think... I think a friend in college had it and like we loaded it up once to like to to, like see how weird and and kind of bad it was because this guy looks familiar and like the like you failed to say yes my gatekeeper like I I, that sounds very familiar um okay I think I I think I've I think I've actually played that wild um but yeah no FMV games yeah go ahead Oh, FMV, like at least FMV games make sense because like, or yeah. even like DVD, because like you can make interactive DVD menus that load the right, the the, sure. the next file and like, or or FMV games where it's like. Like you can you know, play Dragon's Lair as a DVD thing. Exactly. I mean, that's but basically <laughs> what Dragon's Lair was. <laughs> basically, but, yes. <laughs> but the, the idea, the idea of a VCR game is weird because like. How does that even like? Because it's just it's one thing. It just goes. Yeah, yeah. And then like you play it like five times, and like you, now you, you know it by heart. You, so like, yeah, what? You know it by how heart, does how yeah. does this work? Um. So um, there is. I do. I do want to fu- tell you that I found Noble Knight Games. Uh, NobleKnight.com. Uh, K N I. Ght, uh, like like the uh, the medieval knight, mm-hmm. uh, and they are selling uh, uh, in uh, very good condition the VCR hockey game uh, for thirty six dollars. Included is a VCR tape filled with incredibly NHL live action footage that can be used again and again. Shuffle the cards, roll the die, and your favorite teams run the plays for you. No two two games are ever the same. I disbelieve. Um, there are also not. There are some typos in that one. So yeah, uh, but you know, at, at least at least FMV games, like you know, it's and you know, because FMV games also at the, like the moment that um, CD ROM storage happened, right. they were like, "What if we just had games that was like live video and like we got to get least- Justin McElroy in this one." At least with that, I, I'm like, okay, well, you know, you can still be interactive. This makes no sense. And then, speaking That's of, fair. this this whole game makes no sense. Oh, oh yes. Um, v, the ga- bu- uh, pile of bullets makes no sense. And it's just I, yelling, I will say, at the television. There, there's a whole part at the beginning where um, 
Vince Gilligan in a in a cowboy hat is explaining the rules and uh as like don't get me wrong I like board games and I like board game nights but like anytime I've ever been at a board game night and someone's like let's play this board game that you've never heard of that's exactly how everyone always explains board games just not yelling me at me in a cowboy hat where it's right. just like okay so you get your tokens and then you use those tokens by these other tokens and then um Anytime the number five comes up, but if your color is selected in that round, then you get to swap the palette with uh, the ninth player to your right. And I'm just like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you, what, you've just spoken the, in a different language. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Also, I'm going I'm going to use my my small internet platform that I have here. Oh, wow. I'm not to even make <laughs> To make a, a very important statement. Okay. To literally anyone ever explaining how to play a board game, please, for the love of God, start with what the objective of the game is. Oh, of course. Absolutely. (laughs) I can't tell you how many board game nights I've been to where people are 20 minutes into an explanation and I'm like, so I'm supposed to get the, the points or am I supposed to be the first one to the end of the board? Right. And then they're like... No, 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 you got to be the last one standing. And I'm like, you can get eliminated in this game. And they're like, yeah, that's the next step. And so <laughs> for the love of God, open up, open up your, your, your board game. Show me like, you know, the pieces and whatever. So I kind of know what I'm getting into. And then be like, the point of this game is to be the last one standing. And now I can go in with every convoluted like, okay, rule great. you're about to explain to me to see how that plays into the fact that right. I need to be the last one standing because also there's points and also there's something that happens when I get to the end of the board, but those aren't the goals. And I need right. to know that those just are things that happen. There is a reason that I, I have a, a very big problem of buying board games to never play them. I, mm-hmm. this is not a unique issue, um, but I am also not great at explaining rules. Um, so board games like the networks, which is, uh, similar to a game I used to play on the internet when it was, uh, oh, I don't remember, but it, it was it was in that kind of era of like Acropolis and stuff like that, where it's like these online flash games that everybody was like a party game kind of thing, where you construct it's it it's to construct like the best primetime lineup on a television, but legitimately I've never gotten it to the table because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to explain so much about this. <laughs> uh huh. Like it's worker placement, but don't, but don't run away immediately, please. Similar to all of that. I don't know what the point of pile of bullets is because he explains how you get tokens and that there are two token, two types of tokens. And apparently at one point on this VCR, it's like, if your uh, if your number is the one that just came up, you win. And I'm like, what was the point of literally everything else in the, in the rest of this game? I don't understand it. But with that said, you can't blame Vince Gilligan. He's just doing a job. He's doing a damn good job because the pure chaos of Vince Gilligan yelling board game rules in a cowboy hat. Yeah. uh, Shouting bang and tornado and um, uh, five triangle uh, like 
Uh, it's it's great. I love I love the like the 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 pile of bullets gives me anxiety. Yes, like it absolutely gives me anxiety. It's the up. It's it's too much. It is the exact kind of thing that a friend would be like. I got this cool new game. We should play it. And then by the end of the night, we're no longer friends. But <laughs> watching Vince Gilligan's performance. Uh, while Annie and Abed take this way too seriously yeah, yeah. and Rachel and Anthony are like bored to tears and like they just want to go and uh-huh. like, I've definitely seen that look on faces when I'm playing board games with people it's like <laughs> look I love you dear but we're we've got to finish this game <laughs> uh, so yeah it it all it all rings very true plus uh, Vince Gilligan's there yelling um, right and in, doing a, a damn Western good accent. job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, and I don't want to go to the end of the storyline, at least for Vince Gilligan, uh, but the fact that he, like, they just kind of keep playing it, and then it goes to the, the well. More food for the buzzards. Looks like modern times have come after all. See you in the city. He, like, drops literally everything about the the cowboy to be like a city person with like a a train conductors at Uh it's very funny to me um and then yeah they um they they come clean about why they were taking it so seriously and uh both rachel and anthony are like dude what like <laughs> yeah, no. pretty much. It's like what? What? This was the reason this is, whole chaotic exi- event happened. Not not only are you are you both psychopaths, <laughs> but also I don't really want to live here with you. So no. Uh, to the point where I think when Bree or uh, when Rachel leaves, uh, uh, Anthony is like, I I don't know a lot about girlfriends, but I don't think you've got one anymore. Uh huh. Uh, he does make up for it the next day by doing a third act apology um, yeah. with a with a faked uh, rainstorm and uh, it's very cute and Rachel continues to be smitten and um, it's pretty cute. Um, it's a I think it's a good way to bring down the sort of chaos of right. uh, pile of bullets on VCR from 1993. My favorite moment in that group is basically like after everything's like apologized and okay with, um, a person walks by and falls, and and Rachel's like, "Oh, you even got a stunt person," and Abed's like, "No, I did not." Mm-hmm. Uh, this plot line does conclude with uh, because Anthony is like, "No, there there's a definite vacuum here from uh, you've got unresolved issues with." Right. That black guy, because he doesn't know Troy's name, right. but Troy's in a lot of pictures, uh, and it's kind of the first time since Troy left where they they outright are like, "Yeah, dude, like we lost him, and that's yeah, that kind of sucks." Yeah, and, it, and it's it honestly, it's really nice to have Abed and Nanny kind of like reckon with that absence in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's got to be uh, covered up with chaos of pile of bullets before they actually like sit down and be like actually this is how i'm feeling about this thing mm-hmm. um i do also before we wrap that storyline up i do also want to point out that when they're arguing about who gets to invite their uh respective choices to move in 
uh, Annie suggests flipping a coin and he, Abed's like, no, coins just create alternate timelines. And then she's like, okay, rock, paper, scissors. He's like, no, that's just like a nine-sided coin. So it's pretty good. I like it. It's very it. good, yeah. Uh, anything else about the the pile of bullets plot line? Other than the tag, which we will get to. We'll get to it. Uh, are we putting the Dean uh, in the other plot line? Or is the Dean kind of live outside the Dean, of... The Dean kind of lives outside of his I own thing. Talk about let's the let's Dean talk about so the Dean. Much. The Dean, this if you, if you know what the peanut wrap is, uh, here we are. Um, he comes in, in a peanut bar it kind of looks like a, a payday bar it's a payday because he's oh, he's, I he's coming in now. talking about how uh he can't afford to pay them on payday so it's delayed by a week i get it now <laughs> mm-hmm. uh layers to the joke um but <laughs> he basically give, starts a rap and ends I, I don't even know how to describe it, really. <laughs> it it goes... It goes to places, and it brings up Barack Obama. It, it goes from this friendly rap about how he can't afford to... Um, he can't afford to pay them on payday, and then he starts rapping about uh, how... The government keeps uh, black men down in the school to prison pipeline, basically. And yeah. <laughs> um, it it gets it gets real. Let me see if I can uh, find Dean Peanut rap. I yeah, it's if in uh, uh, quick on the- announcement for two of Greendale's <laughs> finest payday is postponed until next week. So this is my freestyle rap apology. Well, I'm a peanut bar, and I'm here to say your checks will arrive on another day. Another day, another dime, another rhyme, another dollar. Another stuffed shirt with another white collar. Criminals, Wall Street, taking the pie, and all the black man gets is a plate of white lies. Prisons recruiting them, police be shooting them. Rap artists looting them, labels all diluting them. Barack Obama, he's scared of me, because I don't swallow knowledge, and I spit it for Let me clear my throat. I don't know what that was, I don't. <laughs> the best the best uh yeah so it um it goes hard uh and then toward the end he's trying to he's trying to get his rap style in back and it's just gone he's lost yeah, it he's lost it sure is shooting he's lost it i i do want to point out uh this uh trivia on community-sitcom.fandom.com slash wiki slash payday apology rap um, which is the best way to to describe this. Donald Glover, who had left sh- the show earlier in the season, praised this rap as, quote, the best rap done by anybody dressed like that, end, end quote, at the 2020 community reunion. So that's just one high praise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, according to the internetmoviedatabase.com uh, for this episode, um, because I had it up because I had to look up, uh, I had to make sure that was... Uh, uh, I had to make sure that was Vince Gilligan because I was like, yes. I'm like 98% sure that's him, but I don't want to, I don't want to be the fool on the podcast. Who's like, and Vince Gilligan shows up and then everyone's like, the, the, what the, the, the guy who made breaking bad. 
No, he wasn't on he that. Would, he wouldn't be a weird cowboy. Why, in a VCR why would he game be a community? weird cowboy in a 1993 a VCR game? Um, anyways, according to the internetmoviedatabase.com, in the trivia section, it does say Jim Rash joked at the 2019 community reunion that he performed the payday apology rap in only one take. According to Reddit user Rebecca Coleman, who visited the set on the day the sequence was filmed, uh, the scene actually took multiple takes because no one could keep a straight face. Gillian Jacobs recalls being the worst offender because she could not stop laughing and looking at the camera. Even in the finished episode, Joe McHale and Gillian Jacobs can be seen angling their faces away from the camera to hide their reactions, (laughs) with Jacobs visibly trying to hide the view of her mouth with her hand. When they turn back to the camera, Jacobs is clearly smiling. Dan Harmon remarked there was a debate over keeping the take because of this, but ultimately they decided it made sense for Britta to find the situation funny. I like, like that. Yeah, that's that's real because like I can't imagine seeing a guy in a big payday <laughs> bar costume rapping about the school to prison pipeline yeah. uh, even if and you've like, like read it in a like a, a, a there there's it's one thing to like hear it at like a table read it's mm-hmm. another thing entirely to see it with your own damn eyes mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's the dean's uh story last but not least we have the, maybe least i don't know we have the uh storyline where shirley and jeff and hickey uh find a bunch of uh books wrapped in plastic uh chemistry third edition mint worth two, $200 a piece at retail 160 on the street uh um, which is a very funny funny line they find this whole stack of books hidden in a vent while cleaning the storage room as part of the save greendale committee and uh they assume that they're stolen, which is why they're hidden. Right. And initially, Shirley wants to turn them into the Dean. But Jeff suggests instead selling them to make a profit. Right. And because and because that's what the Dean is going to do anyway, because, again, he couldn't make payday. <laughs> he couldn't uh-huh. make payroll. So. Yeah, it, it, this this storyline has a lot of twists and turns, mostly about like who's going to betray who. But it does turn Shirley from, I don't really want to do this. Is this what God really wants us to do? To like, all right, we're going to talk with the buyer. We're going to split it nine. Like, like being taking control mm-hmm. of the situation, which is very funny to me. Uh, and I do believe, uh, I apologize, but I do believe you mean who betrays whom <laughs> is the... Uh, <coughs> That may be one of the best jokes in the this portion of the show, where it's like, okay, it's whom whom will betray whom, but he got the third question right. absolutely right, right? Because Jeff Jeff says, um, or Shirley says the books are stolen, and then Jeff says, from who, by who, how long ago, and then Hickey says, it's from whom, by whom, but he nailed the third question, um, and I have to say that i love jokes about who versus whom because i am just pedantic enough to have um gotten into the habit of using them correctly by by habit and choice um and so that means that anytime there are jokes like this where uh you know jeff is like 
Stolen from who? By who? And my the immediate response in my brain is like, shouldn't Jeff, a lawyer, know <laughs> that it's from whom and by whom? Right. And then immediately, boom, Hickey comes in with the like, it's from whom, by whom, but he nailed the third question. Look. Well, he got that one wrong. And so like, there's that little moment where I'm just like, because like, being pedantic about grammar and whatnot is not a way to make friends. Um, sure. And, you know, going around correcting people about who versus whom is um, annoying at best and um, uh, problematic at worst. But um, when you have taken the time to uh, perfect your grammar, well... Anyone who listens to this podcast knows I have not perfected it. Yeah, yeah. But anyone, anyone <laughs> I mean, who has taken the time to among us, whom's among us, anyone who's taken the time to really like learn the difference and like when to use who versus whom, uh, you do get that sort of immediate like Jeff goes from who, and you just kind of go like that immediate reaction of like ooh, it's okay, <laughs> like it's fine, it's fine. A, a lot of people screw that up and it's uh, you're being a pedantic jerk if you like point it out but then you get hickey the pedantic jerk pointing it out and you're like ha ah yeah. i i i got that i'm like i'm with you hickey i get it so i love <laughs> i love that joke it it made me laugh very it's much very because good. i'm a pedantic grammar nerd um yes yeah the <clears throat> to kind of go more on the the storyline itself, it it kind of for a end- moment I thought you were going to say to go more on the uh, difference between who versus oh, whom, and I was like, not. "Wow, no. we're really we're really getting into the grammar." No, weeds no, here. absolutely not. No, I am not. If anybody has listened to me on either of the podcasts that we've done or any of my guest spots I've done, you y'all know that I don't word good. So uh, I'm I'm I will never be that person that's like whom or whom or or who or whom or say different words when I'm suggesting I'm suge- <laughs> saying I'm different words. Um, but I uh, but I will say that this storyline really gets a lot of uh, gravity and you know Jonathan Banks plays it so straight because of and and he he brings that kind of like gruff realism to it. Um, similar to Better Call Saul of like, or uh, uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, where it's like, this is grave importance, even though it is possibly the most ridiculous thing to do, like trying to sell illicit textbooks. So I, I really, really appreciate the fact that they moved him into, they put him in this storyline rather than a different one, because I think his been, his his presence in this one offers a whole makes it a whole lot better than it could have been mm-hmm. uh yeah it's good i like I, I i like the i mean it's it's weird bedfellows right because like sure a devout christian mom a disgraced <laughs> lawyer and a uh retired cop he was in he was in some sort of He was in some kind of law enforcement. Uh-huh. I don't know if it was retirement by choice or d- retirement by uh by force, but uh-huh. yes, I think uh, it is some retirement. And also uh, uh, aspiring cartoonist. It's true. Uh uh publishers are interested. Publishers so, are interested. 
Uh, but this this trio finds a pile of stolen books, and then they have to decide a that they want to sell them right uh, on some sort of black market textbook something. Sure. I don't know. Um, blackmarkettextbooks.com, uh, their source for all your black market textbook needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have to make that decision, and then they have to decide how they want to do it and how they want to split up the money and, like, what they, right. you know. And then, so having this this trio of of individuals is fun because you get to really play on a lot of uh, stereotypes. Right. Because, like... It's the devout Christian mom who's like, well, all right, but if we're going to do this, we're going to do this yeah, yeah. right. We're going to move them to my my shop. We're going to sit on and sit on them until we know that they're cold, and then and only then do we actually move it. Like, legitimately, the best. Like she I, goes I, from, I'm so not going to get into heaven if I sell these books. To all right, we got to sit on this merchandise until it's Absolutely. cold. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. It's that's the best. I love it when Shirley t- does that turn of like, mm-hmm. well, I'm just a good Christian housewife. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, I know the buyer. We're going to talk with him. I'm going to in- intimidate you so that you only you don't take half. You take 25 percent. Take it or leave it. And I love right. that turn when that happens. she does. She does the math immediately on because like Britta comes in to to try to to uh, fence the, the goods. She knows someone. She's got a buyer. <clears throat> but Britta wants half and Shirley says no way. And Jeff is like, okay, fine. Because none of, none of us know how to do this, but Britta's got a guy lined up. Britta can have half. And Shirley is like, she can have half of yours. Either way, you're getting 16%. Uh, like she just immediately so starts bam. running the numbers yeah. in her head. Hear that, Britta? You can have half of Jeff's share. That's not what I meant. That's what you're offering by giving her half of the total. Either she can get half of all of our money or she can get half of your share. Either way, you walk away with about 16%. And I'm like, oh, damn. This is this is great. Yeah, she knows what she's doing. And I, I love when you get glimpses of Shirley into that. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, very good. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it, it's a... Um, it's a it's a fun uh, it's a fun plot line. Yeah. It does end up with um, Chang wandering in and sure. getting tied up. Um, eventually, it ends up with everyone getting tied up. I really like the the blackmail portion of that. Of like, I'm on parole. It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, they they because Chang wanders in, so they film him sitting with the books, and they 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 have him read a script. As convincingly as possible, which he does very convincingly. Right, right. Who's just like, <laughs> I love textbooks. Stolen textbooks are the best. Like, he just, he loves stolen textbooks. It's so good. Um, yeah, it, it, but I, the best joke in it is that they're they're worthless. I don't know how, how much more of the storyline you want to talk about, but I they're mean, worthless that's, because that's they basically, don't have page numbers. Yeah, that's basically the plot. I mean, that's it's uh they found stolen goods and went to fence them, and they all kind of betray each other. It ends up with uh, Shirley having tied up everyone because <laughs> she doesn't trust anybody in this in this dirty sure. deal. And when she finally talks to uh, someone to try to fence them, uh, he's just like, "Oh well, yeah, there's just one problem." Turn to page one forty six, and she's like, oh, "I I can't. They don't have page numbers." And then he's like, "Yep." 
that's they're they're worthless. I, you know, maybe give you twenty bucks for them to you know send them to recycling, but that's it. They're worthless. Yeah, uh, and that is uh, Paul Williams, uh, who has who is like a, a, a American composer, singer, songwriter, but he also acted in Smoking the Bandit and uh, Phantom of the Paradise. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know much about it. I read it off the Wikipedia, but that's him. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that is that's basically the uh, the stolen book plot. Um. I mean, it's. It, it's it's good there's there's not much to talk about because it's it's kind of one note but like i like that note it's yeah. it's a fun uh it's a fun little plot line and like i said playing with the expectations of like you right. know the former cop the the disgraced lawyer and the christian mom like deciding to deal dirty with books textbooks that they assume are stolen yeah. um it's and it's it, and it's very funny like we like i know i am like a you know, uh, uh, <laughs> a broken record with wanting more Shirley. And this is a lot of good Shirley and I'm really loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, also I do have, um, the internet movie for Paul okay. Williams up. Um, okay. and, um, the, did you know section has trivia wrote the theme song for the television series, the love boat, 1977. And then below that, under quotes, in March 1998, he says, I could find the cure for cancer, but what, pe- what people will always remember me for is writing the theme for Love Boat. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's synergy between internetmoviedatabase.com sections. Um, that's, you gotta get it. You gotta give it up. It's, um, it's, it's real good. So, um... Anyways, uh, that that's pretty much the episode. Was there anything else other, before we get to the tag? Was there anything else? No, we I wanted think we, to talk about. I think we got it all. Uh, so the tag is a flashback to the early '90s when uh, Vince Gilligan and uh, his his wife Gina Gershon, which is also hilarious. They are in a in a house and uh, he gets a call back about something and uh, he's like, oh, I, I guess they want me for that Wild West videotape board game thing. <laughs> and she's like, you pick up the phone right now and you tell them you want that part. These VCR games are where the future is headed. And so they move to L.A. They buy, start buying cocaine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he quits his job at Apple, right? Because, the sinking ship. Because who gives who gives stock options for Christmas? Uh huh. Um, and uh, so yeah. Um, sorry, Vince Gilligan. Uh, you made a poor choice. Uh huh. But you did yell bang at a lot of people. It's true. I was entertained. You may have lost out on a lot of stock options with um, Apple, which you know. In fairness, those stocks weren't going to be worth anything for about ten years. Right. I so wanna, I I just love the Wikipedia for this. I, I it's this ep, this episode is a lot of reading IMDb and Wikipedia. It's true, 
But I do love the parenthetical that the end of the plot section of VCR maintenance and educational publishing, where it says, in fact, Apple's market valuation did plunge in 1993, not reaching similar levels until the tech boom five years later and not fully recovering until more than a decade later. Yeah, dude, Apple was uh, it's funny that like. A lot of a lot yeah, yeah. of uh, shows and stuff are like, oh yeah, Apple. It's because like Forrest Gump does that, where yeah. like he gets he gets stock from Apple, but like it 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 wasn't like it, it was bad times in the nineties. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like you didn't you didn't want Apple stocks in the nineties. Everybody was on this Microsoft. Bye 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 Microsoft. Uh, you wanna you wanna move on to the next bit? You wanna? You want? I think that's wait. the end of the episode. Oh, okay. I was I like, think wait, that's what? Th- oh, I didn't realize we were calling it a bit because <laughs> we. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't realize you were setting yourself up for your own joke. Uh, that's the end of the episode, and that means that it is time for great. You know, there's a lot of good in this episode. Um, you know, I really do like the blackmail, you know, fencing stolen items thing. That's very funny. Um, it does get pulled down a little bit by the uh, the other plot line, really, because I I find the joke around pilots of piles of bullets to be one note, um, and it doesn't. It kind of gets in the way of that storyline because um, that's a large majority of that storyline. Uh, but I do like there are so many good things in this that I, it it doesn't pull it down far. Like this will always remember this one for having the Dean's payday rap because it is the best thing. Uh, it, cer- uh, certainly uh, one of my favorite Dean inter- interactions with the group. Um but it's it's it, it does swing somewhat hard with the uh, it doesn't it doesn't go for the fences but it goes for like a double on uh, the on the different storylines and I think it connects I think it's pretty good I I I really love getting more Shirley and kind of like exploring who Shirley actually is because there is that I don't want to call it a facade because it's not a facade but it's like the first blush of. Christian housewife that wants to do the right thing and wants to, you know, get back to her boys and stuff like that. And then there's like real pockets of interesting, like, is she a crime boss back behind there? Uh-huh. Um, that is, that is really good that I really, really love. Um, but yeah, I think, I, I do think the, the pile of bullets storyline kind of lets down the other storyline, which is funny. Cause that's not, you know, when I was coming back into this, I was like, oh, of course it's piles of bullets. Let's go. And I'm like, well, actually, maybe not. Um, but I do think this is a good episode. It's, you know, I think it's I think it's a pretty solid B for me. So that's where I'm going to put it. OK, um, I think uh, I think this is a good episode. Um, I really do like the stolen book uh, plot line. Um, it's. It, uh, Shirley, Sh- Shirley's always kind of a double-edged sword because it's always kind of weird how when they're like, we need to actually have an episode with Shirley in it. It's like, 
let's make her some weird crime boss or yeah, she put is. someone's head through a jukebox like yeah it's, always, it's weird always... that that's like the only well that they have to go to for a christian housewife yeah they um, really want to play on that irony uh-huh um but with that said i always enjoy seeing it like it's it's <laughs> It's weird that that's kind of the only sure. well they have to go to, but at the same time, that it's well's got well. some good yeah. water in it. Like, um, uh, so yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. Um, and I actually really like the pile of bullets storyline. Um, it's chaotic as hell yes. because it's Vince Gilligan yelling things at you in a Western cowboy accent. Uh, it is. It really captures the sort of weird chaos of trying to learn a new board game uh which again i say as someone who does like playing board games is just learning new board games is occasionally intense um right uh again i can't stress enough say what the point of the damn game is before say saying any other rule um this is ben's board game corner but um it's it's got a lot of chaotic energy um, but it is also i feel like we've we've had a lot of episodes since troy left where the fact that Troy left has not really been addressed. We get sure. one moment in the episode where Abed is like dressed up as a kick puncher where like he looks at the empty table, the seat at the table. And it's like, he's thinking about Troy obviously, but like, I don't think his name is mentioned. Like we've really just kind of been ignoring that Troy is gone while throwing crazy amounts of guest stars at episodes. And this is the first episode where they're like, Oh damn, we, we kind of need to talk about Troy. Like, because they come in at the end of that plot line. Like, yeah, I guess Troy, like, you know, kept the peace. Like he was, he was this, this anchor in the, uh in the apartment like and so the fact that that's that this chaotic vince gilligan board game is how that kind of comes to a head is like really interesting and then um you know the like i like rachel and abed i think they're cute and so i'm always like yeah you know when they when they have their little moments i'm always like okay like i i like this so I think it's I think it's really good. Um I'm gonna give it a, a solid A. I think okay. it is um I think it's a, a really good episode that it, it does it does something that community doesn't often get to do where it is both really funny but also really heartfelt. I sure. feel like a lot of episodes that try to be heartfelt kind of miss a little bit on the the humor and a lot of the ones or, or they kind of try to be heartfelt and it's like, yeah, like, I guess. Sure. But also you spent 30 seconds on the heartfelt, like, emotion, which, you know, in fairness, they do here because like he, <laughs> the, all, most of the heartfelt stuff comes right at the end. Right. But um, I, I the the that kind of heartfelt moment is really rooted in a lot of emotions because it's Troy being gone. It's Abed worrying that he's going to screw up his relationship because 
people don't stick around with him. Like, and there's he, that he, real he wants economic to, thing about like we don't have money for rent. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and um, so yeah, like I I I, I think that. I think the average episode of Community that tries to be both funny and heartfelt doesn't manage to do both successfully. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a an instance where it manages to really do both it, within the same plot line. Right. Um, and um, yeah, so I think it's good. I think I'll give it an A. Very but good. we want to know what you think about this episode about selling... Stolen books, no matter from whom they were stolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed that. Uh, <laughs> uh, w- would you rather high five everyone you make eye contact with or s- start conversations with five random strangers? Let us know. Uh, do you, what else did we talk about in this episode? We were kind of on task for once. Yeah, it's true. Other our, than other our, than board game rants. Right. What's what your favorite it, board game? Tell me what the object of your favorite board yes. game is. Oh, focus. Um, start with the objective. Start with uh-huh. the objective. Uh, what's, what's your favorite board game that you have just sitting in your closet and you've never opened it ever? Because I've got plenty of those. Uh, I've we got another know. one on the way. It's great. <laughs> What 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 you got coming? Uh, it's a it's Jesus. This is the this is the most me board game ever. Um, it is a board game representation of college football recruiting. That I was gonna make a joke about something about the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> and I was a lot closer than I ever would have expected. Yeah, I there's a reason I paused. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> okay, well. Um, hey, don't worry. I probably won't ever bring it out of the out onto the table. In case you were worried that my co-host was replaced by some sort of replicant, I am here to tell you that no, this is in fact my co-host Mike. Uh and hundred yep, percent on the dot. Uh thank you for listening to our podcast. You can let us know what me you can let you can let me and my real not replicant co-host Mike know sure. what you think about all these things and more by tweeting at us on failed failing <laughs> website twitter.com at good morning greendale or at good greendale you can find us on the uh functional website goodmorninggreendale.com or you can that send website us an email. will never die uh not as long as i'm still paying for it um Hell yeah. Oh, I just found out that Elon Musk bought goodmorninggreendale.com Hell for yeah. $44 billion. That's $22 billion for each of us, baby. Let's go. <clears throat> oh, but I regret to inform you, Britta gets half. Damn it. Well, I um, mean, that's still billions of dollars. I'm good. That's still $11 billion yeah, yeah. a piece. We'll be fine somehow. Yeah. Um, it, I can't, if, uh, if for if, some reason. I don't think a person can live on $11 billion these days. If for some reason this this Elon Musk deal uh, doesn't go through, you can support <laughs> us on Patreon at patreon.com slash back to Futurama. Right. But we do have um, a fiduciary duty to make him make this deal if he, it's, he came it's for true. it. It's um, true. We do not have a $44 billion tier yet uh, because oh, Patreon Elon, doesn't doesn't can, let us go that high. But we can figure it out, we'll, Elon. We'll find Don't a worry way. about it. We will find a way. Um and yeah, that's where you can you can find us on the internet. 
those places. Yeah. Uh, for e- everyone that does support us, whether listening or monetarily, we do really appreciate it. Um, even if you, uh, I mean, you listen to these, you come to the end of these, you laugh, hopefully, or at least chuckle or maybe give a slight smile. Uh, I hope, I hope we get put a smile on that face, but you know, we really thank you for coming to the end of these and, uh, uh, yeah, screw Elon Musk. <laughs> in, unless he wants to buy goodmorninggreendale.com for $44 billion, yeah, yeah. in which case, um, I'll I'll hand over the keys to you tomorrow, buddy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just write you me that check. You can have this podcast. Don't worry. Uh, it's true. Um, this podcast is for sale for forty four billion dollars. <laughs> so, um, uh, just make the check out to Ben and Mike. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, once it clears, uh, you can say whatever the hell you want on this podcast, and I will can- not care anymore. You can be like, hey, you know what? Season four is the best season. And I'll be like, whatever. I got mine. I'll be on a beach uh, yeah, drinking I daiquiris. Be, It'll I be great. I won't be listening to podcasts anymore. <laughs> I've got billions. Of, I'll have people listen to the podcast and tell me the funny bits. Until then, uh, I am drinking a daiquiri on the beach. And my name is Ben. <laughs> And I am enjoying a Mai Tai uh, beneath a, uh, a, a banana tree. And my name is Mike. I, I wish, wish you luck. luck.